It's the Score North Twin Show. Let's go, boys. We're almost to March spring training baseball. That's where the that's where the real meat and potatoes yeah. baseball stuff kicks in. So we'll we'll hit you with a few things today. We'll hit you with a full update on the Twins TV and radio situation for the year in terms of like who's going to be with Corey Provis on TV, who's going to be with Chris Atterbury on the radio, some interesting things, an interesting addition. But let's start with this one. Throw it to Dex to answer uh, first here. So Brooks, so Brooks Lee actually got the first plate appearance in the first game against the Gophers like a week ago now, mm-hmm. and he he let off and he played shortstop yesterday in the spring training game. So you know they got they got Brooks mixing in. He's their number one prospect. He's one of the top prospects in baseball. Doesn't look likely that he's going to make the team out of spring training. But here's a question for you guys to start the show: What happens if and when Brooks Lee eventually makes his major league debut? Whether it's surprisingly out of camp or whether it's at some point in like May, what does that look like? They've got a log jam in the infield. They got one of the highest paid infielders in the league at short. You got Royce Lewis might be in the mix for MVP if he stays healthy. Edward Julian is an on-base machine. And then you got Carlos Santana and Alex Kirloff at first base. So how do we make room for Brooks Lee if if and when it's time? And the likely scenario is injuries, right? Like Julian is out uh, for an extensive period of time or Kirloff's out for an extended period of time. That's usually how this happens. So like when we always uh, hypothesize and this happens, everyone's guilty of this in baseball, like how do you get your top prospect? How do you fit him into the thing? And usually what happens obviously is injuries. That's usually what happens there. But man, the log jam, let's say he forces the hand a little bit and it's just like, well, he's ripping up the minors. Um, Where do you put him? Like, do you end up trading someone because... You just have to call up Brooks Lee, which the answer is no, no. Also, you wouldn't do that. But I think where he's going to really force them is he's a switch hitter, right? So he's he's bats from both the right and left side, and he was much better last year from the right side of the plate. A two hundred plus OPS difference in the minor leagues from the right side of the plate versus the left side of the plate. He is also a notorious slow starter. So even when he went, got to call to St. Paul, it took him about two, three weeks to really get his back going. Same thing in double-A, and he mentioned that he's been like that his entire life, he has said. He said he's always consulting with his dad. His dad's always the one that's kind of been like a pseudo-hitting coach and coach for him in general. So when he does come up here, it's probably going to be because of an injury. But I will say on the topic of opening day, let's say he does make the roster opening day out of spring training, which would just be wild is have a little bit of patience if it takes him 20 to 30 at-bats, maybe even more probably, to figure that out. If he starts his career with one hit in his first four or five games, don't freak out. Don't necessarily send him right back to the minors because he has always really been a slow starter. And you also aren't putting the pressure on him either to having to make the roster and having to make an impact right away. So just be patient, I think, is my kind of takeaway with your top prospect. So the... Athletic actually has a fairly in-depth Brooks Lee story today that sort of paints the answer uh, to your question, or at least tries to help it. And what they're going to do is they're going to use him quite a bit at second base mm-hmm. um, in St. Paul. And so I think at the end of the day, I, reading between the lines of that story, I think here's what we're potentially looking at. Probably not on opening day 2024, but it could be at some point, certainly during the course of the season is that Brooks Lee will replace Julian at second because being a shortstop, he's just going to be a better player there at, yeah. at, in, in 
the field. He's just going to be probably a uh, superior second baseman to Julian, who I think is probably going to be improved, but he's never going to be great. Um, that could push Julian to first base, which then makes Kirilov a DH bench player, potentially some outfield time. Now to what Declan said, I agree completely. People are going to get hurt. They always do. So, so like this resolves itself, but I think the, but I think it sounds like the long-term goal is this Royce Lewis at third, Correa at short, Brooksley at second, Julian at first, which makes Kirilov either a DH, a sometimes outfielder, could play some first base, or at some point in time might become trade bait. Uh, but it, it's but I I buy into the fact that Julian's bat is very important that Julian should play. Mm-hmm. But I also think if you can take a guy, if if you can have a former shortstop at second, a former shortstop at third, <laughs> and Carlos Correa at short. I like those gloves. So, like, I think this is a great conundrum or problem potentially be facing by, let's say, June or July of the season if the development is such. And then it gets, it's, yeah, long term, this is great because you've got a bunch of dudes who are in their mid to low 20s that you can bank on. And Carlos Correa, he's not even 30 years old yet, right? Or he's right, he's he's in his prime. Um, In the short term, it would be a great champagne problem to have if Brooks Lee was just pounding on the door in April and May, and he's just lighting it up in AAA. And Carlos Santana is playing his ass off at age 38 or whatever he is now, 37, 38. And you have to just continue to tell Brooks to, yeah, just we're going to keep you on the, uh, the low burner down there. Uh, but you're right, like whether it's Carlos Santana's age or Alex Kirloff's wrist or something else, unfortunately, like they're probably not all going to be healthy and productive all at the same time. And you're going to need more than just the infielders that are starting for you at the beginning of the season. But yeah, he could really, Brooks Lee could really be, as much as Royce Lewis is a franchise changer and we saw him down the stretch and the home runs he's hitting in the postseason, Brooks Lee could be a similar franchise changer. I mean, the, the upside of him is maybe one of the best middle infielders in baseball, a guy that can play shortstop and second base, and a guy that's under team control for six years once the clock starts, too. So you can, if you've got Royce Lewis under team control for a few years, cheap, inexpensive. And by the way, he is open to a contract. I saw the Athletic reported mm-hmm. that as well. But and the, twi- and the Twins have, you know, made pushes for that in the past. We saw it with, I mean, hell, all the way down to Randy Dobnak, up to Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco. They do push for those contracts, but. Yeah, I think um, Brooks Lee is probably the most fun person to keep an eye on at spring training for all of these reasons, right? He's their number one prospect. And this is where, and look, I, I'm i probably, I lean more trade prospects, trade prospects to get capital at the deadline and go all in and buy, buy, buy. But, I mean, this is how you build championship rosters by stashing these guys, developing these guys, and having these guys cash in you know, on, on their 100th percentile. As much as we all, and baseball fans, Hate what the Houston Astros did with trash banging gate. Uh, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve. I mean, homegrown players that they were able to develop forever, and then they can make a splash and go acquire Garrett Cole. They can go get Justin Verlander. These type of blue chip guys that are hitting their ceiling, that part is a little bit rare. Like Royce Lewis and Brooks Lee hit their ceiling. That's incredible. Like those are two building blocks you're going to have for at least six years and hopefully for mm-hmm. more after that. So, Yes, I, there's times where I think you should be trading prospects, but right now the Twins have this uber blue chip guy in Brooks Lee, and we haven't even mentioned Walker Jenkins either, but the fact oh, that man. Brooks Lee and Royce oh. Lewis are hitting their hitting their ceilings, holy crap, like this is, 
This is how dynasties basically start. And wow. You, Whoa, dynasty. Whoa. Dak Jenkins, go. Jenkins is, though. is is their top-ranked prospect, too. Brooks mm-hmm. Lee is second, which yeah. is super exciting. I, I, I mean, That's true, they, yeah. they do have – it looks like th- there is some really nice organizational depth now. Um, and so, like, if Kepler eventually in a couple – you know, a year or two years, when Walker Jenkins is set to pop and come up, if you have Brooks Lee at second – the other thing I like about the Brooks Lee thing too is, you know, they they accelerated him pretty quickly. And he yeah. tackled, he basically tackled each promotion pretty well. He did get off to slow starts, but I mean he looks like he belongs. So I, I do think that there is definitely some type of path for Brooks Lee to be playing at Target Field at some point in 2024, which which is great. Uh, but I, I tell you what, I love the thought of an infield with three shortstops. <laughs> yes. Well, I yeah, love that thought. They're all just standing at shortstop. Well, same just time. Saving, <laughs> saving runs, baby. Like we've seen that before. It's yeah. And that's the thing about Flip baseball. Side, I mean. You draft shortstops, center fielders, and even catchers, and then you can move them out to different places and the, and their athletic ability that started them as a high draft prospect at that position still translates. And that's yep. why if you're drafting first baseman and left fielders, there's not anywhere else for them to go. So Aaron Sabato, you mean? Yeah. I mean, you have Wait. to once in a while, if the guy has crazy sure. power, like you're going to yeah. do it, but yeah, you guys. So on Walker Jenkins too. And I, and I forgot that he is, yeah, he is ranked above Brooks Lee in pretty much all major publications, right? Baseball America has Walker Jenkins at 13 going into this season. MLB Pipeline has him at 10th. Baseball Prospectus has him at 16th. Wow. But they aren't afraid to move these dudes up quickly. So, Judd, you bring up Brooks Lee. He gets drafted in 2022, and then you're, you know, you're, only, you're jumping into like a partial minor league season in 2022. <clears throat> Excuse me. He played four games for the Rookie League Twins, the Florida Complex League Twins. And then he played 25 games for the high A Midwest league uh, Cedar Rapids twins affiliate. And that was enough for them. They're like, okay. And then he played a couple games for Wichita, the double A. They're like, we've seen enough. Yeah. You hit three fifty or whatever. And uh, actually it was like closer to 300. So in, in 2023, they started him at double A and said, just go dude. We don't. Yeah. So, so Brooks Lee has played 29 games below the level of double A. And they said, that's enough. Cool. You passed the exam. <laughs> Walker Jenkins played 12 games. He played 14 games with the rookie league team last year and was incredible in those 14 games. And then he played 12 games for the low a Fort Myers team and batted 400, by the way, in those 12 games. So 26 games at low a and rookie ball. I wonder if they do the same thing and say, cool, that's all we need. I don't know if we've seen any reports on that, but like, would they start Walker Jenkins? I think they'll start him at high A. Would they start him at double A? And just say, dude, let's, if you can get up here by 19, we've seen some special prodigy yeah. prospects get on up here at age 19 and see what happens. I'm well, just throwing it out there. The, the smart move would probably be just uh, start him at Cedar Rapids, right? But if yeah. he rakes there, mm-hmm. you know, he'll, he'll be in Wichita quickly. But I just like the, I like the fact that there's now a clear pattern that if you prove y- yourself, they don't make you continue to prove yourself. 
There was some of that in the previous generations of... That's old school ball, right? Yeah. And that's kind of just how it was. You you conquer one level per year at a time, and you 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 matriculate your way through the system, right? (laughs) I I like this, but, but my guess is that Walker Jenkins is the replacement for Kepler now. Assuming Kepler sticks for a year, that, that the eventual at, at replacement 20, at some point he'd be is twenty. Him. Yeah, he's he's a young knight. He just had his birthday literally last week. So Walker Jenkins mm-hmm. just turned nineteen years old. I would imagine they start him in high A. He probably and obviously everything goes according to plan. He probably graduates to double A. Maybe there's an ending cup of coffee with the Saints towards the end of the minor league season. But yeah, he's. He's on a if he shows he can rake, he's on a fast track and he's a he's bats left and is a, and has played center and right for the most part. So Judd's probably right. You're looking at a center fielder at his peak and probably more likely maybe a right fielder if Byron Buxton is healthy. Yeah. On the TV front, gentlemen, we got the announcement yesterday, the full so the twins are back on Bally Sports North, obviously. They do have eight televised nationally televised games seven of which are on the road so there's only there's only one scheduled national tv game at target field this year april 22nd against the white Sox on fox sports one so we got fox sports one four different times tbs ones a couple apple tv plus exclusives and then on the fox big channel on july 13th at san francisco so that'll be that'll be fun but Here's what they're doing on radio and TV. So radio, Chris Atterbury steps in for Corey Provis, who stepped in for Dick Bramer. And he'll be in his first season. And we've all known Chris for God knows how many years. Uh, he's been he's been the, uh, the backup to Corey Provis. So he gets a great opportunity here. And with him, Dan Gladden is going to be the lead primary analyst. But they're going to mix in Paul Molitor and Glenn Perkins on the radio side on a regular basis. Love that. And Gladden, I think, is cutting substantially back. That I, I think he had missed, what, about 20 to 25 games per? I think it's going to be more. Or a couple road trips where he would he would say. Well, he never goes to guys. Cleveland or D- Detroit, and I think he avoids Toronto, so he'll probably avoid mm-hmm. more. But they, they actually mixed in uh, in the first, in the first uh, games that they broadcast o- over the weekend. They mixed in Perk and Paul. Love it. And I'm going to tell you right now, Molitor is phenomenal. That guy, he's a baseball savant. Like he was, you talk about a guy that teaches you. It's funny too how the twins don't think of the twins fire people and they move on and and they just. This is probably a credit to Dave St. Peter and other people, but they just have a way of firing people and then they kind of just gravitate back, like. Guardy, Terry Ryan at the Diamond Awards, and there. Molly's back. You know, Mo- Molitor's been sitting in the Legends Club for years before yes. and after he was the Twins. It's incredible. Manager. So, okay, on the TV front, yep. so Corey Provis obviously coming in, and then he's going to be joined by a rotation of six analysts, all Twins alumni, including one new addition, a former Twin, that we'll talk about here. So Justin Morneau is going to be the lead analyst. He's going to do the most amount of games. Roy Smalley, former friend of the show, Roy Smalley, used to be regular on our old radio show. Latroy Hawkins, Glenn Perkins, also a longtime friend of our radio show. Perk, double An ex- expanded role for Trevor Plouffe. And the addition 
a former Twins center fielder, and I'll tell you, this was one of my absolute favorite players to cover when I covered the Twins beat for a few years. Denard Span is joining the rotation of Twins alumni. So I like that one. He, he, I don't know. He did some work on the Tampa Bay Rays pre and yeah. post game for yep. a while. I, did, I didn't hear him do it, mm-hmm. but as, as far as like just a really good guy to talk to in the clubhouse, Denard Span was top three I've ever covered. Yeah, I, I watched uh, a few, I think it's Bally Sports Sun, I think is what that is down in Tampa Bay. Um, and I watched a few games last year with him on the pre and post, and he's really, really good. Um, I, he did an awesome interview, Denard did, uh, this year with Xavier Scruggs, who kind of has his own little MLB, he's on MLB Network and stuff, but he also has his own little YouTube channel that he does, and he actually like interviews players, and I caught it probably last month, and you know, Denard Spann said when he last played baseball, which was in 2018, and by the way, he at 272 had an OPS of 113 when he left, and he still wanted to play, couldn't find a job because he, A, couldn't beat the shift, and shifts were just working completely against him. Um, and that type of player like kind of went away. So he had to like enter this unknown territory when he still thought he had yeah. probably a couple more good years of baseball left in him, but he's pretty insightful, man. I'm excited to listen, listen to him on the broadcasts. And honestly, Ploof's been great. I watch a ton of talking baseball. I'd like to, I'd like to see more of that kind of Ploof on the broadcasts. If that makes sense. I know there's parameters, yeah. but um, I'd like to see but a little the, bit more the of that. Parameters are ancient. That, I agree. Dude, Change it up. I was watching, like, I'm watching Wolves live last night or whatever after the game was over, or maybe it was the halftime, and it's Marnie and it's and it's Kevin Lynch, and whoever's making all of these pre-post halftime analysts, this goes for ESPN, Bally's, why are we all still wearing a suit and a tie and holding a pen with our notes? Like, it's sports. Have fun. Dish some takes. Make some jokes. Boy, I really thought, you know, you you go you ever watch like college basketball or college football on ESPN2 or something and they'll throw to a panel like Big 10 Network. And it's that who's the guy Mike what's his name who Hall. won the Mike Hall won the ESPN wanna be a broadcaster 20 years ago. Yep. It's Mike Hall and like three former coaches or players. And they're all just sitting there in their <laughs> suits and their highlighter pens. Boy, I really thought Minnesota's press worked well in the Latter part of that first half. If they can keep up the pressure, they have a good shot to win the game. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, the free throw disparity. That's like no one cares. Just have more fun. Anyways, just have fun. Go to school. TNT, it's the greatest thing. Hockey, basketball, phenomenal. No, you can't um, replicate having Barkley on every broadcast. I get that, but there's no, got to be more ways to No, but you can get dynamic fun. people like Biz on their hockey c- coverage. Yeah. I mean, Bissonette was a nothing player. He's unbelievable on TV. He's Play great. some games. And he have, do some immaculate grids. Like, do something different. Um, so the thing, I, the thing I am so excited about is I do think with Provis in charge of, of the booth as the point guard, we are going to see guys, first of all, be more loose. Second of all, be free to talk more about the game. And here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we get a lot of three-man booths because Provis is fantastic at distributing the ball to two yeah. guys and then a conversation. My my big gripe with baseball is it's on TV. You don't need play-by-play, okay? I don't need to know there's a fly ball to center field. If you're talking about something, just keep talking about it. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think one guy who's going to thrive from this change Latroy Hawkins, because Latroy isn't to me a homework guy. Like he doesn't come into the booth with all these, you know, here's what I've learned blah, blah, blah. He's a reactive guy. Right. But he played forever and he's a smart dude. 
very smart. I think he's going to be marvelous because Corey will bring out what what he wants to talk about sure. as opposed to, I have to do play-by-play, so you be quiet right now. And if you can go like Ploof, LaTroy, and Corey, I love it when when you get a pitcher and a hitter to go back and forth. Yeah, the three-man booths, I get some of its budget, right, because they're paying a lot more for a three-man yeah, booth. because they were bankrupt last year doesn't mean that two man. So they might actually, for that reason, they <laughs> it might just be Provis solo for 50 games. But I love then... <laughs> the three-man booth. I love the three-man booth. I, I, I think it's just great because you learn so much. Yeah, and I think the Twins just, they, they Roy Smalley, I love Roy Smalley. I think Roy, yeah. Roy has great insights, and he was always a great guest on our show. They just have a really good stable of former players that were household names among Twins fans. And I mean, the fact that like Trevor Plouffe is part of one of the biggest digital sports media platforms in sports at John yep. Boy Media. And so I'm looking forward to the to the telecast. Corey Provis, well-earned, and and hopefully he takes this and runs with it for the next 15 or 20 years. But yeah, he's going to be... He's going to be awesome. Any other final TV thoughts before I throw a Buxton thing at you in a random twin? Yes, one quick one. Twins, why aren't you streaming your spring training games? The, the Atlanta Braves starting today are just going to put on a stream paired with a radio play-by-play their spring training games. Like, why can't I watch Byron Buxton? And it doesn't need to be a clean – it doesn't need to be a to, – to Phil's point, Can it just be one, one camera above I, the or, – Or two, I don't care. But, I mean, give me the opportunity. Just stream your games. Like, you're, there's already cameras in every spring training stadium now. Agreed. Yeah, but if you got the, they could just put, like, a, put like a GoPro, put a GoPro on the home plate umpire's head and let me – Whatever you give me, I'll take. I'm not complaining. I'm not looking for top-notch production. But I am – looking for access to something that you easily have access to. Yeah, I'm with That's you. That's my that. thought. I'm with you on that. It'd be nice. Speaking of Buxton, by the way, here's one more spring training note that we can get to a random twin. So Buxton played, he played his first game in center field in over 500 days for the Minnesota twins. And we'll see how his body reacts, you know, a day, two days later, but this quote should make Judd very, very happy. This is, it's almost like he was talking directly to Judd with Could this be. quote. Byron Buxton. So he said he went over to at the plate, by the way. And, um, and he said, quote, I have a chance at all of them referring to like fly balls that are in his vicinity. I love this quote, but I'm not going to dive in spring training. I love that. Reach a tear. I feel like you get very nervous when players go out of their way in meaningless games or oh, just even like at, at home on their couches. If they bend wrong, you get very nervous. Yes, I love I love that quote. I love that quote, and I love the confidence, and I love the I love the fact fact that he at least now is giving a lot of thought to everything he does. Yeah. So yeah, I was a big fan of that. You know what? Track the fly ball. He thought he could have caught, caught it, but I'm not going to dive. You know what? I would even say May 28th in Kansas City, similar ball. Don't dive. See, I disagree on that because I think a big part of his value is tracking down those fly balls and being one of the best defensive center fielders. So like once, once the regular season hits, I'm not saying run full speed in the, in the walls, but like he, if you're going to be one of the top defensive center fielders, you have to turn those oh, fringe plays into outs. Otherwise, I, like I'd I rather you completely. just, I agree completely. And guess what? October 11th, go ahead and dive. <laughs> October 11th. That's 
That's pretty deep, isn't it? That's like that's second what I, round. That's yeah. what, that is what I am saying. I what, was, want you what, to, what date did they get eliminated last year? I want you to dive when the diving is good. March Put 28th. that on a t-shirt. Judd Zulgin, I want March you to 28th. dive when, when the, the diving, diving is good. Let the ball hit the wall. Hit the cutoff, man. Let's live to fight another round. Declan, are you pro or anti-Buxton diving in regular season games? Uh, I am pro him diving in regular season games. His job is to catch the ball, so please do everything you can to catch the ball and not lay up a potential single or double because it's May 18th. I, I would not want By him to By the do way, that. October yeah. 11th was the day they got eliminated last okay. year. So well, I, I want you maybe, diving. Maybe if somebody was diving for a ball in the gap during I want, that game, exactly they would have right. lost. I want you diving. And you can't get to October 11th unless you're making oh. the catches on May 10th. Oh, so. yeah. And and what I really want, want to hear is pinch hitting for Byron Buxton, number 50, Willie Castro. Because that's what we'll hear on May 18th when he dove for a ball. So if it's up to Judd, the Twins would just stand stationary in the outfield, oh, no, not, get no, beat 14 to 2 because no. they aren't. No doubles defense. No doubles defense. Carlos Correa, can, Carlos Correa can dive. Brooks Lee at second can dive. Even okay. Carlos Santana, he's old. We'll replace him. That's not a problem. It's time for the random twin of the week here, gentlemen, where today Declan and myself will do battle as Judd throws out clues. So we've done now 30 random twins of the week. Nice milestone for us with Brian Busher last week, Joe Creedy, Darren Mastriani, Mike Pelfrey, and Orlando Hudson before him. Unbelievable win by you last week. Still in awe of that performance. That was pretty great. I think it was three questions in from Declan. I had the. I think I still have the clues written. I might frame stupid. my handwritten notes about the clues from. It was week. stupid good. It was sick, as the kids like to say. Let's see. What were the clues? Uh, oh, that's from the. Oh, that's from the. Um, the random Wiking? wolf of the week. Oh, that's week too. From... So David Blau. David Blau. Go listen to the Purple Daily no, one if you want your no, ears to bleed. No, no, don't listen to the end. Listen to everything Spoiler else. Spoiler alert if you haven't yet. Sorry. Uh, Brian Busher was last week. Judd, you're going to throw out the clues this yep. week. Declan has 11 wins. Judd has 10. I have 9. No Googling. You can control F if you need to see if a random twin has been thrown out in the past. So Tell me what. Here we go. All right. Random twin of the week. Clue number one. This random twin played for four big league teams. During the course of his career, he played for four big league teams. Big clue is the second clue. He was the number one overall pick in his draft. So in the baseball draft in which he then signed with the team, he was the number one overall pick in that draft. Oh, boy. I will get to a clue... Late, later on about the fact he was drafted multiple times. But when he signed, when he made his commitment to go to, to the big leagues, he was the number one overall pick. Make sense? Yep. Okay. We've done yeah. one of those already. Okay. This random twin was part of not one, but two championship teams in college baseball. As a collegiate baseball player. He was on two World Series champions. It's pretty good. He was good. He was a good player. Nice player. He made, during the course of his big league career, one all-star appearance, and even started in that game. Voted in by the fans. Okay. 
Guesses or should I keep going, Dex? I can tell you're it, it's working up there. I can see it. I'll keep going. <laughs> in his 13 years in the uh, major leagues, he slashed 257, 345, wow. 395. Oh, oh. With a hundred. Oh. With 163 home runs and 694 RBIs, and he played in 1,653 games. What was the number? How many games? Which one? Oh, I'm sorry. 1653. 1,653. Huh, that's... It was... Oh, my God. No, he didn't play college. Oh, or did he? No, there's no way he played college. He didn't play college. thought I had it there, but he didn't play college. His teams included the Twins, the Rangers, the White Sox, and the Yankees. He was a Bronx Bomber. Okay. No. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting. Uh, Any guesses? Kinda. I <laughs> can't be kinda. Oh, he had way more than that. Way more all-star game home run situations, better slugging. Had a couple. God, who is this? All right. All right. <sighs> so I mentioned earlier in the clues that he played 13 years in the bigs. Uh-huh. He spent. He spent. Part, uh, parts of ten big league seasons with the Twins. So he did. So there, there were years where he was not a Twin for the entire year. Mm-hmm. So not ten full seasons, but he spent parts of ten seasons as a Twin. Oh God! So interesting. Oh. So they. Oh, no! It wouldn't be that. The number one overall pick thing is. Yeah. All right. He both arrived in Minnesota and left Minnesota in multiplayer trades. Yeah. So they acqu- yeah they acquired him. They acquired him and then he left. Ah. And both times they were multiplayer trades. Both were both were impactful to the organization as well. Oh God, who is this? All right. So on the way, on the way out, he would have been. When you say parts of ten, and you said big league seasons, right? So major league baseball yep. service time, not like in the minors. That thirteen seasons. Got it. As a major <clears throat> leaguer, and parts of ten. So again, he did not play the uh, the first. His arrival and his departure interrupted his time here. As far as oh they they God. were both in who season. Is this? Okay, this should help. Sleppy. This should it's help. Old, it's old school. It's old. It's, I think yep. it's old school. Yep, yep. This should help out. It's old because school. Because of how the draft, because of how the Major League draft worked in his day, he was actually selected four times from 1970 to 73. The fifth time he was the top pick, okay? I'll give you this. He was drafted by the Expos in the 35th round and did not sign. The next year, the Red Sox took him in the fourth no. round. He did not sign. Dang it. 
The next year, the Cardinals took him in the second round. He did not sign. And before he was finally drafted and signed, the Red Sox took him again in the fifth round. So 70 to 73. And then Expos, Red Sox, Cardinals, Red Sox all drafted him. But because of how the draft worked back then. And so 74, he was the first overall pick. And so, yes, his last, yes. he. So he, he was, yep, 70, 70, yep. Did this random twin win a World Series? Um, yes, he did. Do you want his positions? Or do you want to guess? Some old school fans yelling at their computers, speakers, phones right now. His positions included time at third base, first base, shortstop, second base, and DH. So, okay. He also, everywhere, early in his career, in an oddity I did not know about, despite the fact I know a lot about this guy, found out this morning, he actually got into a game, for part of a game, very early in his big league career, at catcher. But he was primarily, or he was, a guy that played third, first, short, second, and DH. I'm so bad with, I, with DH. I, Eventually, you're going to get one. One of you is going to get this. So, so but he's so seventy. I will not blurt out the answer. So seventy-four. You could start doing the like spelling 22. if we have to. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys are going to get this. So he was um, in like twenty-two. I'm this just next clue should help here. a lot. <clears throat> this next clue should help a lot. No, would have been more. His father also played in the big leagues. Roy Smalley. It's not Roy Smalley, is it? Oh, that's that's correct. Okay, Roy Smalley. <laughs> he was the number one pick. Texas. I did not know that. I had no idea. Out of USC. USC won two, two, World Series. two in the 70s. I, th- yeah. I think they beat the Gophers in Winfield in, in, in the second one, maybe? Roy Smalley, man. Roy Smalley. I didn't want to Number give Number one TV overall. Clue. Wow. I didn't. I did, I so he, he popped into my head like five clues ago, and I'm like, he wasn't the number one pick, was he? I forgot that, that you could be uh, drafted back then. You could just be drafted and drafted and drafted. Amazing. So that yeah, he was traded away in the early eighties, then came back in yep. like eighty four, eighty five. Yep. So he he was traded, he was acquired in the Blylevin trade with Texas, and was traded away in a trade that brought Greg Gagney here from the Yankees minor league farm system. So there you go. So anyway. all right, wow, a guy that we've already mentioned on the Ugh. show a couple times today too. It's always a stinger and, when that happens. And when you said that, I had to suppress a smirk. <laughs> Amazing. So, all right, Declan still has the most wins with 11, but now I have 10, Judd has 10. So one of us could, in theory, tie Declan. He'll throw out the clues next week. Random twin of the week here, Scorn Our Twin Show. Appreciate you guys. We've got some fun stuff in store, and we'll start to – we've got one thing that we're going to implement on Monday, and then we'll have some other fun things that we'll tell you about here on the Score North Twin Show.